This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Paranormal Pets. My name is Brandy Stark and for today's episode we are speaking with Allison Brennan who is the Senior Vet Surgeon at Blue Cross Victorian Hospital about pets and sensitivity. So this will be a wonderful interview. It is uh, I think one of our first with somebody from across the pond uh, and we're going to get started right after these messages. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. So, Allison Brennan is with us, and she is representing Blue Cross, which is a charity that has been helping sick, injured, abandoned, and homeless pets since 1897. And I love that they say pets help us in so many ways and they depend entirely on us. And that's why Blue Cross believes in helping pets because pets help us. So welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> it's great to be here. <laughs> well, this, is, this has got to be unusual for you because uh, tell me a little bit about what you do and then we'll, we'll start going into some of these fun questions. Okay, well, so I'm um, I'm a veterinary surgeon working for Blue Cross, the animal charity, um, and I work at their Victoria Hospital in in London. Um, so uh, basically, I work for the one of the services, the charity's multiple services, including rehoming and clinical um, education, and the the area I work in is the the clinical part. So we've got lots of hospitals across the UK where we provide um, kind of contribution based veterinary care for people that can't afford it. So if people are on certain um, benefits or sometimes again um, homeless people that sort of thing if they need they have a poorly pet then we offer to see them so that's basically I work generally every day in the hospital seeing appointments or doing surgeries or procedures on on these pets so that's basically well, my that's job. <laughs> absolutely wonderful it's a great service I know here in the states we're also starting to work with a similar ideal because pets are of course so incredibly important to us 
But it was interesting because right around Halloween, we got a press release and I, I was like, wow, this, you normally don't get this sort of thing. This is great. Cause normally I have to go out and find people. But I, I love the fact that uh, you sent out a press release about animals and sensitivity. So, you know, unfortunately we're a little after Halloween. It, it was a busy one, but sensitivity applies all year. And so uh, one of the first questions that's here is why might our pets be behaving weirdly on Halloween and we'll extend that to why might they be behaving weirdly at any time of the year? Well, I guess there's there's lots of different reasons why and certainly I guess around Halloween, obviously we know that pets, unfortunately, you know, they can be very sensitive to the sound of fireworks. So cats and dogs have amazing hearing and they can hear much higher and much lower frequencies than we can and so that is part of the reason as well why a lot of them unfortunately can have firework phobias so because they can hear them they're much louder and even slightly painful to their ears than they would be for us so that's one reason why they might act a bit abnormal around Halloween the second thing is obviously for pets you know people dressed up and all the activity that comes with Halloween it can be quite distressing for them even if it's someone that they know that's dressed up in a, in a funny costume you know that can really confuse them and because it's you know we can't explain to them why that is they often get quite stressed and we can sometimes pick up a, that as them being actually a bit spooked or a bit freaked out when you know it's actually just because they're scared <laughs> of what they're seeing and the other thing is they're so observant of our behaviors and so sensitive to our behaviors that often you know they might be picking up on on micro cues that determine our mood and behavior so it is possible if we're quite scared of the dark and freaked out and we're thinking about ghosts and ghoulies that our pets may be picking up on us being afraid so if you're on your own and you're in a room and you're acting feeling a bit freaked out and vulnerable they may pick up on that as well and then we think they're seeing what I'm seeing or they're they can feel a ghost too when in fact it may just be that they're picking up on on what we're doing so they're kind of all the reasons probably around Halloween they're so sensitive yeah, that's that's actually pretty interesting because it does talk about the intuitiveness of animals towards their humans, you know, and so although I, I have a grumble of pugs, so I have five pugs in a puggle and I have said this many times, if they all pause and they all stare at one thing, yes, <laughs> going to leave the house. <laughs> so if I can't figure out what it is, we're gone. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, I mean, the other thing that we um, we do wonder is, again, they're so much more sensitive to smell than we are. So, you know, pets will walk into a room and that's their primary sense for both cats and dogs. So they'll walk into a room and they'll try and sense for any threat that may be in the environment by smelling. And for us, it's quite different. We walk into a room and we use our eyes. We look around for any potential threat. So when we walk into a room with them, and if they react and suddenly seem to be, you know, aware of something that to us isn't clearly there, it may seem that they're reacting to something extraordinary when in reality it, it is just could be just entirely because that sense is picking up on something that we don't have the ability to. So, yeah. Oh, that's pretty neat. <laughs> Although one of the questions here does say, what does the research show about pets and paranormal activity? 
So you kind of covered some of that, that they're still enigmatic. We still are not 100% sure what they're doing or how they're sensing. Mm-hmm. We've got the individual animal and they do see the world differently. Is there other evidence that supports paranormal activity? Well, to be honest, it's something that's very, there's still an awful lot that we don't know about animal behavior. In dogs, but particularly in cats, even more so, there's there's a big, you know, there's definitely room for us to find out so much more about why they act because they can do very strange things. <laughs> and the difficulty is, is that it's something that's very difficult to, to scientifically investigate. The research that we did was more just about what pet owners believe, which again was quite staggering. I mean, it's basically was that 88% of pet owners believed that their pets could see things that they couldn't. And almost two thirds, 63% believed that their pets had seen a ghost, which, I mean, yeah, you hear pet owners, I hear it in clinic all the time where they mention that they are concerned that their pet has seen a ghost. I didn't quite think it was quite as high as that figure, but I guess it just shows that people are just so sensitive to how their pets act. You know, they're so in tune with this. And I think we just want to know why they act the way they do. You know, they're like our best friends and part of our family. And we really want to communicate with them as much as we can. And when they act in these bizarre ways, we think they're trying to tell us something. What is this? And I think it just shows that really, in a way, it would be great if we do know more. I guess, what, as I said, what we do know is the hearing definitely is, is one thing that, you know, those stories that people say about, oh, my dog noticed that someone, you know, my my husband was coming home before the car even came in the driveway. Well, perhaps, you know, dogs can hear such, you know, frequencies much higher and lower than ours. So potentially they heard the car before we did. So that's one of those things. And again, I guess this sensitivity is about, you know, with the stories that you hear about, people in in care homes there are people that are very sick you know you hear stories of animals being very close to them just before they die and Mm. again that we think is most likely due to kind of chemical changes and smells that they pick up on however again it's really hard to investigate and we're not really sure but it probably is something scientific but obviously because there's a kind of a spiritual sense to those sort of stories it makes us think that they have a sixth sense and I guess in reality who's to say you know until proven otherwise we don't know maybe maybe they do have a sixth sense we're going to have to develop uh, telepathy with our animals or a way for them to talk right to tell us what's going on I know that would be great, wouldn't this? <laughs> well, I'm not sure if I want the pug saying everything, but that's, but at least we get answers to those questions. Yeah. So, when it comes to to this type of thing, how do you think pets would try to warn their owners about the paranormal presences? Well, usually, I mean, like you said before, where they kind of they can stand still. They sometimes can either go quiet or they could start to hiss or bark. Their hair usually goes on end and they often get kind of um, 
their pupils become fixed on something. And they're the stories that we hear people say all the time. You know, the dog woke up at three o'clock in the morning and started barking at the ceiling for no reason. You know, why was that? And, you know, yeah, again, just again, it seemed to the dog suddenly went nuts and you wondered what happened. And then actually your, you know, Uncle John suddenly came in the door and how did they know? And that sort of thing. Um, so I guess, again, whether, you know, some of the time you can think about it and perhaps find a scientific reason why, you know, that dog looking at the attic constantly and barking every now and then only later to find out that actually there are mice in there, you know, they can be explained. And then other times it is actually very difficult to explain this. And until we find out a bit more. I guess we can just wonder whether it is ghosts. <laughs> well, I will tell you that I do bring the pugs. I actually have a paranormal pug that will come with me to safe haunted locations. So it means I've checked the area to make sure the pug is, you know, it's not going to fall into a well or something. Yeah. And usually what I look for is, is somewhat what you described. For me, what happens is uh, pugs are very wiggly creatures. They love to move. Yeah. And get attention, and it's when they're suddenly quiet and they're fixated. You know, they're staring at one thing. That's where I start to kind of perk up, which I think yeah. is interesting. But uh, you almost have to look for the opposite behavior in in some ways with a pet, right? Yeah, it just. I mean, again, they're all quite different. But I guess they, when they sense something that concerns them, they may freeze just to kind of adjust themselves to be prepared to attack, run, whatever it is that, that will be necessary in that moment. Probably for a pro I'd imagine run would be more like <laughs> <laughs> You've worked with the breed before. Okay. <laughs> well, on that note, we are going to pause here for just a second, and then we've got a few more questions, and then I'd like to hear a little bit more about the charity. So we're going to pause for some commercial messages, and we will be right back. Time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandy Stark. All right, and welcome back. We are still speaking with Allison Brennan, who I think actually has some really good points about animals and the scientific and how they respond uh, as a, a senior veterinarian surgeon. 
I can imagine you have seen and worked with animals for quite some time. So I, I love having your background, uh, particularly on this show, to kind of talk about things that maybe people aren't thinking about. I think your idea of smell, hearing, and the differences in animal processes is very, very valid. Uh, and it is something we absolutely need to consider. When it comes to, since this is Paranormal Pets, can you tell us any stories that you've heard about pets seeing ghosts, particularly from a, a veterinary standpoint? Yes. Well, as I said, you know, I do hear stories all the time from clients saying, you know, there's this one place that they always stare at the wall or, you know, every every now and then on an evening, they'll just stop and start staring at it. But actually, in the survey, we had one client or one of the people, the pet owners that took part in this, said that she'd, she'd moved house and the cat, when she moved house, the cat absolutely refused to come into the house. And even when they would, you know, pick her up and put her inside, she would just, you know, go a bit nuts. Her personality completely changed. She would just hiss and spit and growl until she was let back out into the garden again. And then on further investigation, it turned out that a mother and son had been murdered in the house. Oh. And then they decided to move. <laughs> and I bet. <laughs> the cat returned to her happy and playful self in her new environment. So again, with that, I mean, I guess scientifically you could wonder whether there was some sort of a smell or whether there was rats in the basement or whether there was something going on that was, you know, really off-putting for this cat. But it is hard to explain if, if none of those things were obvious. And you hear stories like that as well. I also have a friend who used to work in um, a kennels and in this set of kennels in this charity, there was, there was one kennel in particular where... The, no matter what dog they put in, no matter whether it was an excitable dog or calm or quiet dog, anytime they tried to put any dog in, it would just go completely nuts and berserk and they wouldn't be able to keep it in it because it would actually, they were concerned it would do damage to itself because of how much it wanted to get out. And they never knew what it was about that kennel. But all the other kennels they were fine in. And, you know, that was very hard to explain because they all would have been cleaned with the same thing. And, you know, the sounds they would hear from, you know, no matter what kennel they were in. So that's very hard to explain. And I guess, obviously, you know, my colleague said that the, all the rumours were that, you know, uh, that there had been, you know, a really evil dog in that kennel once or there was the ghost of a dog or, you know, a, a horrible human that was nasty to dogs. So, again, I, I certainly can't explain it. I don't know whether you can. <laughs> but anyway, who knows? <laughs> well, those are some good stories, very good stories. Uh, but I'm, I'm delighted to hear they stopped using the kennel. So that was good. <laughs> yeah. So, from a personal standpoint, how do you think pets sense the presence of otherworldly beings? So, from a veterinary point of view, I know there's a lot we don't know, but do you have any of your own personal theories? I don't know. I guess, again, the way their vision is quite different to ours as well. I mean, from a scientific point of view, another explanation for them reacting to things that we don't pick up on is that so they're not colorblind which a lot of people think they are they can see color but just not as clearly as we can but they are able to see at much lower light vision than we can so in the dark in particular cats 
can make out detail a lot better than we would in the dark. Mm-hmm. And I guess, again, from a scientific point of view, that might explain why sometimes they might see something before we do. So, again, where we think they've seen something that's not there, it actually may be that there is something there, but we just can't see it. But equally, from a personal point of view, I guess I would wonder if there was a ghost, maybe it is, you know, maybe our vision wouldn't be able to pick up on that size. And so maybe, again, because of the detail they can see in the dark, they would pick up on a ghost or a paranormal presence quicker than we would because of that. Um, and the other thing is, I guess, the sounds. I mean, maybe maybe ghosts and ghoulies and, and otherworldly beings make certain noises that, that we can never hear. I always think of the sixth sense, you know, when he turns up the volume and he can hear those noises on the tape. And like whether dogs and cats pick up on the really high frequencies of ghosts and that's how they know that they're there. But again, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure there probably is researchers out there who are really into paranormal presence that have done lots of tests on these sort of things and have much more in-depth theories than I do. (laughs) But um, I guess personally, that's probably what I think might make them at an advantage to us. And that is, it is a very interesting thought. I just had a conversation the other day with somebody who suggests, and this is something that's out there in the paranormal circles, that there's multiple dimensions, that there's more dimensions than the ones that we're familiar with. And of course, there's the postulation that there's 11 dimensions and that whereas animals don't have that same limitation. So you never know. So our final question on the paranormal, and then I want to hear a little bit more about uh, Blue Cross, but do you think that all of this shows that we really ought to listen to our pets when they start behaving strangely? Yes, I I do, because I think that there's, like I said, a lot that we don't know about behavior. And I think sometimes it, it can be quite easy for us not to pick up on behaviors that pets are showing. And particularly, you know, around Halloween, when sometimes they can actually be very scared and frightened and anxious, uh, particularly of fireworks. And in the UK, we have Halloween, but then also a week later, we've got bonfire night um, when there's fireworks going off. And then again, New Year's, you know, there is too. And it really can be very scary for them. And so we should be sensitive to those behaviours and we should pick up on them and we should try and do as much as we can to stop them from getting so anxious. So again, around this time of year to or any time that there are fireworks or again, even fancy dress parties, things like that, to be mindful of your pets and to kind of try and walk them as early in the day as possible um, before dark if you can, um, even mm-hmm. if it's just for that one night and play with them inside if you can, to let them have somewhere that they can run away to. So they often will find a safe space to go and hide. And um, often they love it if you, they have something that... Um, that smells like you as well (laughs) to comfort them so and if they do go away and hide let them hide let them have a bit of time to themselves often people feel oh they're hiding I have to pull them out and that's really not necessary just give them a bit of time to chill and again maybe keeping them in a room or an area of the flat or house you know away from the front door so that if people are calling to the house and dressed up or again that they that they can't that they're not too 
too freaked out. And with the fireworks, those sort of things to close windows and um, close curtains and um, to just reduce the noise and the sight of the sounds too. That is actually, that's excellent advice. Uh, I think uh, both sides of, uh, of the world at uh, the United States, we have 4th of July and of course, New Year's. So there's still some fancy parties that go on over here. Maybe not as many <laughs> as the UK, but we got a few. But I think it's, it's great advice. And I think it's something that a lot of people right now, particularly with this kind of ghost craze, sometimes I think it's really good to kind of take a step back and go back to basics. And just say, you know, could it be something else? Is there something else going on? And how can I help my animal? I think that's great advice. So let me ask you, uh, how did you get involved with Blue Cross? So I was actually uh, working in a private practice with uh, a colleague who had previously worked for the Blue Cross. And I was um, looking for a bit of a change. And I'd always wanted to work in, in charity practice. Um, there are, I'd worked, I'd volunteered at charity practices when I was a, a student. And it always it struck me as something that I definitely wanted to do. And then the opportunity came up for an interview. And I went to the hospital and I just absolutely loved it. And then luckily um, got a job. So I was very happy indeed. <laughs> And yeah, and I've not looked back ever since. It's just really rewarding. And, you know, again, it feels so good to be able to do the right thing for pets when they come into you. You know, so much of the time, it's completely understandable, you know, that unfortunately medicine is expensive and running a veterinary practice is expensive. So as a result, you know, certainly for clients and patients, we understand that it, it can be hard to afford these things. Um but yeah, I mean, again, being able to do what's right rather than what's affordable is definitely something that I'm very lucky to be able to, to do every day. Oh, that's fantastic. And I know, even though it's about one o'clock here, it's in the evening, you've just done, you said, quite a few <laughs> appointments. And so I really appreciate your time. I know how hard it is after work. No, no, um, no. How can people get in touch with Blue Cross or how can they learn more about this organization? Yes, so we've got our website is bluecross.org.uk. And again, as a charity, as I mentioned, we have our clinical services, but we also have rehoming. We've got um, education service. So in the UK, we have a team that actually go out to schools and teach future pet owners, schools and kids about taking on animals and what it means to own pets and teach them about cats and dogs and, and rabbits and that sort of thing. Um, and we also have lots of information on our website about, you know, a general veterinary advice and behavioural advice as well. So, you know, things like how to care for your dogs around firework season. We have a video online with some top tips on that. We've also got videos and, and again, uh, written advice on, on loads of other topics like fleas and different parasites and toxins around Christmas, all those different sort of things. So there's really lots of information there about buying new pets, you know, and what to look for in a pet, all that sort of thing. Um, we also have a pet bereavement service as well, which is where we have uh, volunteers who have done a special training course and who are there for people if they have unfortunately had to have their pet put to sleep or if their pet died suddenly, that they can go and speak to someone who's been through before and again, who kind of is there to listen, but also knows, you know, exactly can give them advice about how to deal with the situation, which is a service that we're really proud of too. And again, as well, behaviour, we have behaviourists that work across the country in our rehoming centres, but also 
also who are there to give advice to people across, you know, people who have questions about behaviour and they can do it over Skype and that sort of thing as well. So all of the information is on our website. So uh, oh, that is fantastic. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Oh, I'm no, going to well, it, it's been great. And I'm going to encourage our listeners to check out your website, which again was bluecross.org.uk, correct? Yes, that's it. Yep. And uh, if you're over here in the States, you know, feel free to reach out. I'm sure the information is universal. Always remember to support your local charities and your local animal organizations. They are doing wonderful work. We want to thank you so, so much and have a very good evening over there in the UK. We're going to sign off here in the US, but we look forward to hearing more about your organization and hopefully we'll be able to speak with you again next year. Oh, thank you so much. It's been great. Thank you. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.